Amen. How do you follow Bill Frazier? I tell you, he's been traveling with me for 27 years all over America. And the favorite person on my team always is Bill Frazier. They want to go out with him in the neighborhoods and knock on doors and share Christ. And he just, uh, he's got that fire in him. I like it. And I appreciate him coming today and sharing a word of testimony. Hey, I got to speak briefly to you today because Pastor and I are tag preaching today. And you know what that means. When you got two preachers that are going to preach, you better watch out. And so uh, I'm going to hit you fast and... Uh, then he's going to come. Hey, let's stand together. I'm going to read Acts 1-8. Would you stand with me? I believe it's one of the greatest passages in the Bible. And it's God setting us up to be turbocharged Christians. I mean to have power in our life. You know, a turbocharger makes a big difference. My best friend's here today, and he's got a Mercedes Benz that has a V12 engine turbocharged. And we went somewhere Thursday, and we had to pass someone on a two-lane road. And I'm telling you, that thing went from 60 to 100 in about two seconds. It is fast because the turbocharger makes all the difference in the car. Well, this passage tells us how to, how to have that in our life. Let's, read it. Let's look at it. It says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the world. That's what God wants from his church. Bill's right. We got to get the salt out of, out of the box and out into the community in order to share Christ. Hey, join me as we pray. Heavenly Father, thank you today for this God-anointed place. Thank you for Pastor Orr. And thank you for him opening his church to our ministry that we might help just a little bit to maybe take one step further in being that powerful church you want us to be bless this time we give it to you and we pray this together in jesus name amen thank you won't you be seated you know a turbocharger is to an airplane or a car like the holy spirit is to the christian you know, I remember Stephen Olford years ago blessed me. I was a young preacher, and he taught us what it meant to be authentically filled with the Holy Spirit so that God was able to use our lives. And that's what God wants in, a, in each one of us. You know, I was on my way to Kansas City the other day. I was preaching, I was speaking at a Pilots for Christ annual meeting. And all these pilots from all over the world and all over the United States gathered at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, and I flew in to preach to them. Well, I got on a Southwest airline flight, and I always, as I sit down, I think, I wonder who God's going to bring in here to sit next to me. Because listen to this, would it not be a tragedy to fly two hours with a person three inches away from you and never tell them about the greatest thing that ever happened in your life? What a tragedy that would be. So I'm just thinking, I wonder who's going to sit in here. Well, a guy came and he sat down next to me. His name was Jolly. And Jolly was a mechanical engineer. He worked for the federal government. He headed up a team of 70 engineers that did a study on the 
F-100 jet engine. That's the one we use in the F-15, the F-16, the F-20. It's powerful. I mean, it's powerful. And this guy sits down next to me. We begin to talk. I find out he's a mechanical engineer. Hey, I'm a mechanical engineer. We both are. So I never tell him I'm a preacher. Pastor Orr, sometimes if you tell him you're a preacher, they change on you. You know what I mean? And so I never told him I was a preacher. I'm an ME. I'm a mechanical engineer. So we fly along a while together, and he's telling me all about the F-100 powerful engine that we have and how it, how it works in these airplanes. And, man, it's fascinating. That F-100, when you shove the throttle forward, it shoots a, a flame of fire 30 feet behind it. That thing he told me, it will burn. Let me look this up. 15 gallons per second jet fuel. <laughs> I mean, it is sucking that fuel in, and that thing is throttling. You can take an F-15 going along with full throttle, turn it straight up, defy all the laws of gravity, turn it straight up, and that thing will climb 70,000 feet and never look back. I mean, it's powerful. You know why? It's turbocharged. It's got a turbine in it that'll do all of that. And so we're flying along. Here's two mechanical engineers. After about 45 minutes, I turned to old Jolly. And I said, hey, Jolly, let me ask you a question. Something really important to me. If you died today, if this plane crashes, do you know you're going to go to heaven? Man, that changed the conversation. <laughs> We've been talking airplanes and jet engines, and all of a sudden this guy says, would I die if the plane crashed? Would I go to heaven? He said, no, I wouldn't go to heaven. I said, would you like to? He said, yeah, I would. You know what? I just pulled this little booklet out that we're going to use Saturday to train you guys. Hey, Kirby Woods was a turbocharged church. I started that church in 81, and it was turbocharged. I mean, God got in there, and great things happened. And this is the booklet I wrote, Eternal Life. And so I pulled that out. I read that to Jolly on the airplane. He bowed his head on that Southwest Airline jet at 40,000 feet in the air with two big old turbine engines shoving us through the air 500 miles an hour. He bowed his head and asked Jesus to be his Savior right there in the airplane. And that's what we're going to teach you. That's all we want. Hey, if all of you go out of here and win someone to Christ next week and bring them next Sunday, let me tell you what, it's going to be wild in here. It's going to be wild in here. You got all those new Christians. You know what I love about new Christians? They don't know how to act in worship. All of us old-timers, we know how, don't we? You just settle in and say, preacher, just do whatever you want to. I'm sitting right here. But you get a new Christian in here, he doesn't know how to act. And so he's liable to shout. He may jump up. He may make some noise. And you know what? We need that in church. We're not here today for a funeral. We're here to celebrate the risen Savior. And it's time our churches got turbocharged, got excited about Christ, it started moving forward. I got to be careful or I'll get excited up here. Man, I tell you what, Jesus gives us four promises if you're turbocharged. Let me give it to you real quick. I got to do this quick. Pastor Oral, come over here and shove me off. So you got you to listen fast, okay? Here's the first promise. Power. 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 That's what God promises. That's the turbocharger. Look at Acts 1.8. It says, but you will receive power. 
I love the way Jesus talks, don't you? He didn't say, maybe you'll get power. I hope you'll get power. That's not at all what he said. You might get power. No, he said, you will receive power. That's as positive as you can get, amen? You will receive power. Power is that Greek word, dunamis. It means dynamite. We get the word dynamite from the Greek word dunamis. And that's the power. And I'll tell you what, when we're about the master's business, Bill, you would authenticate this with me. When we're doing what Jesus called us to do, there is power. Most Christians never even know that power because they aren't obedient to God to do what he called them to do. But if you ever get bold enough to start doing what God calls Christians to do and what Jesus asked the church to do, if you ever get bold enough, you're going to have power in your life. And you're going to walk with power and you're going to know power and it's going to be there. You know what? Don't you love it when God shows up and shows out? I love to be in a service where Jesus shows up and where the power of God surges and moves. You remember whenever Jesus, uh, or I'll tell you a story. When Jesus and Moses were out playing around the golf, I don't know if you've heard this story or not. They got to the 10th hole and Moses said, hey, Jesus, let's have a contest. See who can hit the ball furthest. And Jesus said, I'm okay with that, Moses. So Moses pulled his driver out of the bag, got on the tee box, hit the ball as hard as he could, straight down the fairway. Came down right in front of the green into a water hazard. When they hit the water, the waters parted. And the ball rolled up on dry ground about two feet from the cup. And Jesus said, good shot. Moses, Jesus got up there and pulled his big bertha out of the bag, teed up his ball, hit it as hard as he could down the fairway, came down in the same water hazard, but the water didn't part for his ball. His ball walked across the water. And it rolled up six inches from the cup. And Moses turned to Jesus, and I love this line. He said, Jesus, I love it when your dad plays. Man, how powerful it is whenever God plays. Because what happened was a golf ball flew out of heaven and flew down the fairway and hit the same water hazard. And a five-pound bass came up and swallowed the ball. And an eagle came in and picked the bass up, pulled him up over the green, held him over the cup, and the ball fell out. And that's when Moses said, I love it when your dad plays. Don't you love it when God plays? When God is active and it works, that's power. That's power. i got to get off that one. That's long enough. Number two promise is spirit. That's the jet fuel. That's the jet fuel. You know, it's one thing to have a turbocharger, but if you have no jet fuel, you're going nowhere. You got an empty, empty charger. You got to have the fuel in there, and that's the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, Again, not if, it's positive, when the Holy Spirit comes you. Spirit-filled power. The church needs the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what I told you about old Stephen Oford. Boy, he taught us young preachers how to be spirit-filled and how to use the power of God in our lives. You remember that time Peter and John were at the gate beautiful and they were going into worship? And I love that story. You know, they're going in, and they, here's this crippled man with that cup. Remember, he's shaking for a few coins. 
And old Peter walks over to him and said, I'm sorry, buddy, I'm broke today. I don't have any money to give you, but what I have, I'll give you. And he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. And the Bible says that guy jumped up on his feet. He went walking and leaping and praising God. And matter of fact, revival broke out in the temple because of the power of that guy. That's the jet fuel. That's the Holy Spirit. You throw gasoline on a fire and it'll take off. Let me go to the third point. I got to get you through these. The promise number three is witnesses. That's the vessel. You know, the Bible says Christ in you is the only hope of glory. You know, pastor, I noticed he didn't even say Jesus is the hope of glory. He said Jesus in you is the hope of glory. Because that's where it happens whenever the Holy Spirit gets in us and we let him take over. Wow, we can change the world. Hey, would you agree with me, America needs revival? We desperately need revival. And I believe the, believe the problem is a church problem. There aren't churches across America like Brown Baptist, and there aren't churches across America like Kirby Woods was that are out there sharing the good news every day, having Christ in our lives. You know, one man plus God is always a majority. And if you'll believe that and let the Holy Spirit get in you and be turbocharged, it's amazing. All right, I'm going to tell you what happened to Kirby Woods, and I'm going to let it go. We started that church in 1981. I was pastoring a great Southern Baptist church. I was a young preacher in Texas. Weatherford, Texas, First Baptist Church, county seat town, 1,000 people on Sunday morning, great church. And two guys flew over there, and they said, we're, we're going to start this church in Memphis, and we, God has led us to you. Would you leave your church and come start Kirby Woods Baptist Church? That was 1981, April of 1981. That first Sunday, 300 people showed up and 50 of them joined. <laughs> and from there, we took off. But you see, we started with no members, no literature, no staff, a $1.2 million debt, which back then in 81 was a lot of money, and an empty building that was seat 1,200. Two years later, they were hanging out of the balcony, hanging out of the balcony. The place was filled up. And God had moved in a mighty way in a church called Kirby Woods Baptist Church. And when, when we started, the five families got with me and said, what are you going to do? How are you going to get all these people here? What are we, how are we going to fill this building? I said, well, I'm going to train you guys in how to win someone to Christ. And I want you to go out there and win them and bring them to church. I'll never forget this big attorney in our church. He came up to me, and he's in one of those five families. He, came, he said, hey, preach. That's what he called me, preach. Hey, preach, I don't believe that thing will work. I don't think you can grow this church like that. Don't you have some kind of trick up your sleeve we can use? I said, no. I'm going to train you how to do it, and we're going to do it. He said, all right, I'll come for the training session. So the first training session, here came that big attorney with all these others. I trained him how to win somebody to Jesus. He went out into a home that night, and it was a fellow attorney whose life was falling apart. His marriage was falling apart. His business was falling apart. And the guy just wept in front of Lundy Daniel, got on the floor, and invited Christ into his life. Lundy then brought that guy to church. And he came up to me, and he got up right against my side. He said, you know what, preach? I believe this will work after all. 
I think we can grow this church that way. And that's all we did year after year after year. Train, go out, and win them. Train, go out, and win them. And Lundy, that first year, I kept track of it. He led about 50 people to Jesus in his law office. Now, that's where it's happening right there. They would come in, a couple wanting a divorce, and instead he'd lead them to Jesus, and they'd go out holding hands. They'd come in with a real deep problem in their life, needing a lawyer, and he would lead them to Christ, and they'd leave with a smile on their face. Every week I'd get a call, hey, preach, guess what just happened? Guess what just happened? And that happened for 32 years. About 50 every year. Hey, that's 1,600 souls in the law office. And just imagine the multiplication of that as people got out of there. It was an unbelievable thing. He called me one day. He said, I got, I got George Bush, President of the United States, coming to the office for a quick visit. Can you come up? I got some businessmen coming in. I said, well, yeah, I'll make time for that. And so I go up there with them. And here's, here's President Bush Sr. And Lundy knew what we were going to do. You know, I came all dressed up in my suit, and I had my track in my pop, vest pocket. And I went, I started talking to George Bush about it. I went to get the track out of my pocket, and man, Secret Service grabbed hold of me like, what, what are you fixing to do? And he said, that's okay. I was like, let him do it. I pulled the, turn, the same track we're going to use Saturday, same one. I pulled it out, and I said, President Bush, can I share this with you? He said, yeah, it's fine with me. I shared it with him, sh shared the prayer with him. He said, I've prayed that prayer. But he said, can I have that booklet? My son needs to hear that. <laughs> well, you know who his son was. And no telling what happened because of a little booklet right there, right there. And that's all God's called us to do, to share our faith. All right, last thing. I'm closing it down, Pastor O. I'm getting out of here. I'm anxious to hear you preach. Point number four, promise number four is harvest. Hey, there'll be harvest. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the power. You are the witness now, all God wants you to do is open your mouth and let him flow through it. And we're going to put a power tool in your hand, a power tool that will help you with that. We're going to take all the fear and intimidation out of it and help you do that. And that's what Jesus wants for us. The scope for Jesus is the whole world. He said, I want you in South Haven. I want you in Mississippi. I want you in the USA. And I want you around the world. Hey, pastor preached at another church in Memphis a while ago. That's what God wants. God wants multiplication out of our lives. Can you imagine a day in the life of Jesus? Can you just imagine he baptizes John the Baptist in the Jordan River? He goes to the temple in Jerusalem and cleanses the thing. He meets with Nicodemus that night and leads him to a new birth in Christ. He finds a woman at the well and leads her to Jesus. He finds a crippled guy at the pool of Bethesda and shares with him, and that guy jumps up on his feet. He fed 5,000, which are probably more like 20,000. He gave salvation to an adulteress that everybody wanted to stone but him. He said, no, we won't stone her. Everyone with, without sin in here, go ahead and cast the first stone. Wasn't any stones that day. And Jesus led her to Christ. He, ra he raised dead people. He gave blind people sight. Just imagine a day in the life of Christ. I get out of breath thinking about it, following him around and all he did. Hey, Brown Baptist is such a great church. You've got the reputation. 
You got a visionary pastor. He's going to come share some vision with us just now. You got biblical preaching, stirring music, wonderful at place here to meet. Man, I drove up from this church and thought, holy cow, that's as big as a coliseum. Man, what a building, what a facility God has given you. I'm just asking you to go to the next level. Go to the next level. A little turbocharging in your life. A little allowing the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do. And we're going to come back Saturday at 9 o'clock for a little light breakfast. And then we're going to train you guys in how to do that. And so in a minute, after the pastor gets through preaching, if you'll do that with us, I want you to, if he, if he wants to make this the call, I want you to come and say, yes, yes, I want, to, I want to be that turbocharged Christian. I want to get involved in that. God bless you. It's great to be at Brown Baptist Church. I love every one of you. Amen. Amen.